welcome to episode four of Cinefessions, the solo podcast devoted to the confessions of a cinephile. I'm your host, Brandon Chowan. This week, we'll continue our trip through the Resident Evil universe with a review of Resident Evil Extinction. In case you missed the first two films, make sure you go back and check out episode two and three for those reviews. As you may or may not know, Cinefessions is now on iTunes. So just search for Cinefessions on iTunes and you can subscribe for free to have every new episode delivered right to your iTunes when they release. Also, feel free to leave an iTunes review. The more reviews the show gets, the better chance it has of gaining listeners, so I'd really appreciate it if you were able to leave a quick iTunes review. I want to take a second to thank a few Twitter followers that have been listening to the show. First, my buddy Wolvie, who can be found at Wolverine Factor, who said that I, quote, hit the nail on the head on the last episode. Now, I'm not exactly sure which part of the show he thought I was right about, whether it was the MPAA talk or the Resident Evil Apocalypse review, so I'll just assume that he agreed with everything and say thank you for listening. Also, a quick shout out to Xander Kane, who can be followed at X-A-N-D-E-R underscore K-A-N-E, who's been listening to the show. And Dankula, who gave the show a retweet uh, a few weeks ago that I didn't notice until last week. You can follow him at D-A-N-K-U-L-A. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now, before I jump into the Extinction Review, I want to get some feedback on where Cinefessions should go after this Resident Evil Marathon concludes on Episode 7, which will be an awards show for the series. I'm considering a couple different options, and I'd just like to see what you guys would like to listen to. Alright, so option one is a Planet of the Apes marathon. So that would see reviews of all the original five, and then the two remakes, making it an eight-show stretch, including the award show at the end. That's option one. Option two is going on a Stanley Kubrick marathon, watching six to eight of his films, which will be chosen at random from his filmography, then concluding with an award show. Option three is a Psycho Marathon, in which I would review the Hitchcock original and the three sequels and the remake, so there would be six episodes, including the award show wrap-up at the end of it. And then finally, there's option four, which would see me foregoing the marathons for a few episodes and just start reviewing random films. I want to hear your thoughts on the subject, so leave a comment on the blog, email me, or contact me on Twitter and let me know what you'd like to hear next. So as a recap, there's option one to review the Planet of the Apes series, option two to go on a Stanley Kubrick movie marathon, option three to go on the Psycho series, And option four is to not go on any marathons right now and just review random films. So let me know your thoughts. Okay, so let's jump into the review of 2007's Resident Evil Extinction, the third film written by Paul W.S. Anderson and the first film directed by director Russell McCahey. So as I do with every movie, I'll give you pros, cons, and then my final thoughts. A word of warning, there will be spoilers for Resident Evil Apocalypse and the first Resident Evil. When you're reviewing a series, it's nearly impossible to review the latest entry in the series without talking about the previous entries. So be aware that there will probably be spoilers for the first two Resident Evil films in this review. Alright, so let's jump into the pros. The first pro I have listed is that Mulcahy and Anderson were able to create an absolutely kick-ass action movie while still keeping it zombie-centric, which is exactly what Apocalypse failed to do, and that's what I want. Zombie-centric Resident Evil movie. Number two, the action sequences, they actually flow together and fit nicely to create a full, complete story, rather than some random grave fight scene followed by a random church fight scene, and so on, like in the last film. When the action has some importance and meaning, those scenes become more memorable, and that's exactly what Extinction was able to do. The third pro, the special effects makeup was stunning, from all the random zombies all the way down to the main bad guy that Alice is forced to fight at the end of the film. The detail is incredible on virtually everyone. I will say, though, the fact that Mila Jovovich and Ali Larder look so damn pretty throughout the entire thing was kind of annoying, because in the world that, they are, they're, they're, that their characters are living in, they have virtually no access to makeup, uh, showers, deodorant, yada, yada, yada. They don't have access to that, th- that stuff. And so the fact that they were so pretty was a little unbelievable. They should have been just as dirty as all the men in the, in the movie who were plenty filthy enough. But that's just a mini-con sidetrack. 
going back to the pros, the CGI was infinitely better than not only the original film, but Apocalypse as well. And Apocalypse only came out one year before Extinction. So I don't know what the big difference was, but the CGI looks much better in this movie. Another pro, the creative use of this this new universe that Anderson has created, it's excellent. Seeing zombie ravens absolutely kicked ass. And that leads me to my final pro. I love that the final you know, quote-unquote boss battle, if you will, was with a super zombie of sorts. It really showed that Anderson and Mulcahy understand that audiences want to see zombie films when they pay for a Resident Evil ticket. And Extension delivers that in folds. So, jumping down to the cons. My first con, the Umbrella Supervisor hologram men, they're laughably bad. They, they served virtually zero purpose throughout the entire movie. Their motivations were unclear to me. And the movie, frankly, would have been fine without them, which is a sign that cutting could have and should have happened. Number two, the story of Jill Valentine and Angie Ashford from Resident Evil Apocalypse is never even touched on. The fact that neither character is there is alright if they give us some explanation for it. The second film ends with this group of new survivors, which includes Jill and Angie, and then this one picks up with absolutely no trace of them. It's a loose end for the series right now, and one that I doubt will ever get tied up, which sucks because I really enjoyed both the characters, and would like to see where they went from the end of Apocalypse. But, oh well, I'll have to get over that, I guess. A third con. Extinction relies on the previous two films for character development and relationship building. Now, that's not a terrible thing, but it's not helpful for newcomers who may pick up the series midway through. And with that said, if you're going to watch this Resident Evil series, do not start in the middle. Don't even start at the second film. Start right at the beginning. That's the only way you'll appreciate what's going on in the world of the Resident Evil films. And my final con, Ellie Larder as Claire Redfield is the weak link in the film. I had a hard time buying her as a leader for some reason, and I don't know what it was. I just felt that her character was too weak to lead this group of survivors. I enjoyed her work much more in Final Destination series than I did here, and I know she's a fine actress, so I would put the blame more on the writing as opposed to putting it on the actor, but I would always put the blame on the writer as opposed to the actor because I am an actor, so I may be biased in that regard. But for whatever reason, I just did not buy Ellie Larder as Claire Redfield. So my final thoughts, Resident Evil Extinction has me thinking that Anderson has finally hit his stride when it comes to writing for this series. Not only are the action sequences and set pieces bigger, but they're also better. Sticking to the zombie formula that made this video game series so popular is always a good idea in my book, and Extinction is proof of that. As I said from the start, I'm excited to see where the series goes, and I'm curious if I'll ever see a conclusion to the series, because all three films have been missing that up to this point, that conclusion. I'm hoping that the final live-action film that's up to this point could be just as good as Extinction. I give Resident Evil Extinction 3.5 out of 4 rotting brains. Alright, so next up in the marathon will be a move from the live-action of Mila Jovovich to the animated feature, which was originally released in Japan, Resident Evil Biohazard. Until then, though, let's move on to the weekly recommendation. This week on Once Upon an Instant Q, I've decided to get out of the water and into the squared circle, which is sure to alienate some of my listeners, but so be it. Last summer, I was going through my annual wrestling phase, and I spent a lot of time watching wrestling documentaries for some reason. And this one stood out so far above the rest that I'm willing to suggest it as a documentary to watch for anyone who knows who Chris Jericho is, let alone wrestling fans. This week's Once Upon an Instant Q recommendation is 2010's Breaking the Code, The Walls of Chris Jericho. Longtime WWE Films director Kevin Dunn directed Breaking the Code, and it sets a new bar for wrestling documentaries. It tells Chris Jericho's life story from his time in Japan to ECW to WCW to his first WWE world title and then his eventual transition into Fozzie, which is his rock band. Jericho is an incredibly intelligent guy, and hearing his take on the business that I grew up loving and wanting to be a part of at one point is absolutely fascinating. 
There's one moment in the film that particularly stands out, and that's when Jericho gives us his definition of art. He says, quote, art is when you create something out of nothing. It's incredibly simple, but I couldn't agree more. And I love the definition that he's come up with. So it doesn't matter that I'm not an aspiring professional wrestler, because Chris Jericho is much more than that. He's an artist. And that's what I try to be every day of my life. So Breaking the Code is a perfect example of finding inspiration in the unlikeliest of places and is absolutely recommended to wrestling fans or anyone else looking for inspiration. And according to canistream.it, it is currently available only on Netflix Instant Q. So if you have access to it, definitely check it out if you get some time. All right, so that'll do that for episode four of Cinefessions. I want to thank everyone for joining me and remind everyone that I can be reached very easily. If you have a question, comment, or an opinion on where the Cinefessions podcast should go after this marathon has ended, contact me on Twitter, at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Email me at Simon1 at Yahoo.com. Leave a comment on my blog or leave an iTunes review. Plenty of ways to reach me, so don't be shy. So, as always, I'm Brandon Shawan, and I thank you again for listening, and I will catch you next time. <laughs>